Lately, it seems that we are getting more and more confused about what a church actually is. So let's take some time to set the record straight. Church is not a building, though a building can be used by a church. Church is not a denomination, though a set of beliefs should be important to a church. Church is not about Sunday, though a church should not forsake meeting together. Church is not about one person or personality, though every church should be pastored. And church is not about size or growth, though every church is called to make disciples. So don't think of church as an address or a location, but rather think of church as mobile and on the move. Don't think of church as something built or planted, but rather think of church as something deployed. Don't think of church as where you are for an hour each week, but rather what you are every day of the week, because the church is the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Feet shouldn't sit still. Hands shouldn't be idle. Feet go. Hands do. This is the church. Church isn't what you're sitting through right now, because you are the church. Now go and be the church. So as we bring summer to a close, we thought it would be a great opportunity for us just to reflect back on all the great things that God's been doing, not even all of them, just as many as we can fit into an hour uh, that God has been doing in and through the life of Southside Baptist Church. Uh, we began the summer, the season, 75 Days of Community, with a series called You Are the Church. And then for the last several weeks, we've been talking about baptism. And the very last thing we said about baptism is that it was a celebration of belonging to the body of Christ. It's actually the way you become the church uh, through the waters of baptism. And we're going to celebrate that this afternoon at Hannah Park uh, with just a number of folks who've committed their life to Christ. But we wanted to take today, uh, just and to, to take a look at some of the ways that you are being the church, uh, both inside this building and out and around. And so uh, today's going to look just a little different than normal. And again, if you're a guest, this may be a great way for you to uh, just get to understand a little bit about who Southside is, uh, look under the hood a little bit and see around. One of the things that we value at Southside, and we actually started the summer off on June 1st with our 75 Days of Community focused on the next generation. Nick's worth out. You've been with us about 18 months as our uh, Director of Student Ministries, part of our Next Generation team. And so we thought we'd start uh, with you where we started the summer. And that is just looking back. This summer's been a busy time as it always is. Yes. And just saying, seeing some of the great things that God has done this summer. But before we get to that, would you tell us, just for those who may not be familiar with a strategy of right. next generation ministry, mm -hmm. uh, what are we talking about when we say next generation ministry? When we talk about next generation ministry here at Southside Baptist Church, essentially what that means is that rather than taking three different approaches to ministry, to uh, the children in your families, um, preschool, children's ministry, and student ministry. Rather than having three different silos out of which we operate, um, we've sort of taken a holistic approach to ministering to the kids uh, and to the parents of those families. Um, in essence, what that means is that uh, Shirley Clifton, Vicki Harrelson, and myself, uh, the preschool director, children's director, and student director, respectively, um, we, we team up together. And our focus, rather than just being on our specific age group, is how do we come at the family and partner with parents and grandparents and relatives of these children um, most effectively? And what that looks like is from cradle to college, we've decided we're going to partner with you in the discipleship of your kids 
leading them to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. So summer is obviously because the kids are out of school, gives the church uh, more time, more opportunity to be an influence in the kids' lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we understand and recognize that, that nobody has more influence than their families. Right. But during the summer, we do have a little greater opportunity. So uh, VBS, three different camps that went on. Uh, talk to us a little bit about some of the wins that you saw this summer through our Next Gen ministry. One thing that really excites me about what our Next Gen ministry did uh, this summer is if you notice the banners that go up in the halls about student ministry, um, we, we try to come up with themes for our students that try to build a culture in their minds and get their, mind, their mindset right um, for what we're trying to teach them. And all summer long, our theme, which is why I love that video where it says, now go and be the church, our theme has been get going. Here at Southside, we gather, grow, and go. And we wanted to challenge our students and our kids uh, to go out and be the church. Um, and the mantra for this summer has been, you don't have to be great to serve, but you must serve in order to be great. Um, and, and so starting off the summer, we went into children's ministry uh, or children's camp uh, at Keystone Heights. Uh, we were able to take two of our teenagers with us as well uh, to go down there as chaperones. Um, we saw kids give their lives to Christ uh, through that experience. Um, in July, uh, we actually took students up to Greenville, South Carolina, where our teenagers were out in the mission field ministering to children um, whom they've never met before. Um, that was awesome. It was an awesome experience. Uh, one of our students uh, called me up on his cell phone because he was at a different mission site than me, and he said, Nick, you're not going to believe what just happened. I just talked to this girl, and she gave her life to Christ. <laughs> and so I told him, I said, you know, I, that's awesome. I said, wait, just wait and see what God has in store for you because one day you're going to experience something even greater than leading someone to Christ and that's watching one of your disciples lead someone to Christ. And so I thanked him for that opportunity to, to see that take place. Um, and then we came right, right back from youth camp and all of our teenagers engaged in VBS ministering to these children. Um, the work that Shirley Clifton, Vicki Harrelson, and Corey Weller did um, was just astounding. Now, one of the great things, some of the, there were a number of children through VBS and the camps that mm-hmm. gave their lives to Christ, but there were, there were some sisters at different camps at different times. Tell us about that. There, there were. Uh, when we went to children's camp uh, in Keystone, we had one little girl give her life to Christ. And then um, right after VBS, we took the preteen ministry to a camp in Georgia, and her older sister surrendered her life to Christ. And both of them, uh, if I'm not mistaken, are going to be baptized today Today at at the the beach. beach. That's awesome. Yeah, it's fantastic the way God is just weaving himself in through all these families. Well, we're excited to see that. Now, one of the things you mentioned in there is um, an important component of the ministry is getting these kids serving so that it's right. not just coming to be entertained, right. not just uh, as important as we think having fun is, and mm-hmm. it is important, uh, not just even just coming to sit in a Bible study, that's important, mm-hmm. but to actually apply what they learn in Bible study through service and through ministry is a big value. Tell us a little bit, if you would, um, we know that there, there are lots of ways, uh, the floor, you're working through the Florida Baptist Children's Home, the right. VBS you mentioned, Larson, some other things like that. Talk to us a little bit about the, the reason behind trying to get these kids into service so much earlier than maybe we've traditionally done it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's, no, it's no mystery uh, or no secret that Students, high school students in particular, after they graduate high school, they go off, they get away from their comfort zones, they get away from their Sunday school class and their youth groups. The fun and the games stop. All of a sudden, the entertainment is no more because they're out of their element and they just stop going to church. This is something I experienced myself when I joined the Army uh, at 18 after high school. Um, And so 
what we've, under, what we've realized and understood is that if we employ students in various ministries, whether they're serving here in the next-gen ministry, teaching a kindergarten class, or whether they're greeting people at the door, whether they're going with me and some other adults to the Florida Baptist Children's Home, if we can engage them in ministry now and teach them to take ownership for their faith and ownership of the fact that we're supposed to go and make more disciples, then when they graduate high school, it's not that the fun and game stops, it's that now all of a sudden they're not confined, they're not in a cage where you know, they can only do uh, what we're directing them to do. And they, they, they start to kind of spread their wings, so to speak, and really take ministry on um, as their own responsibility. And statistics show that those kids that are engaged in ministry uh, before they graduate from high school, are much more likely to stay engaged in church right. after high school. Right. And exactly. so part of the strategy here is understanding that we may be doing our kids a disservice by not allowing them to engage in ministry uh, at an earlier age. And so we're taking that on. I know uh, my daughter Emma is excited. She's leading She's the, the kindergarten grow group. Yeah, she loves fantastic. it. Fantastic. She loves it. So, um, well, great. Now, one of the, the other things missionally that we're involved in Next Gen Ministries is uh, you mentioned Florida Baptist Children's Home, but also our partnership at Landon. Yes. And so tell us a little bit about what's been going on through our faith based partnership with Landon Middle School. Um, at Landon Middle School, we've been partnered with them for, I think, five years now. Um, and essentially, we just have a team of adult sponsors um, that go through rigorous background check and mentor training um, in order to get assigned to a student at Landon um, who is either struggling academically or behaviorally. Um, there's some area of their life that needs work, and uh, we've been fortunate enough to be able to build this partnership where the school system is allowing us to come in and give half an hour to an hour of our time each month to go and eat lunch with the children um, and just build that relationship with them. Uh, You get assigned to one student um, throughout the course of the year and you just build that relationship. um, And the next year, if that student is still at Landon, you can get assigned back to that student. And so one of the things, and really I do this, I mentor um, at Landon. And it really is just one 30-minute lunch a month. That's mm-hmm. it for the nine months of the school year. And you show up, and there, you don't tutor because, believe me, I can't I tried to help Macy <laughs> with sixth-grade math, and I could. first week of school, I couldn't help with sixth-grade math. So you, you don't have to tutor is my point. You're not tutoring, uh, but you are helping. Investing right. in the lives of these kids makes right. a difference. But there's other volunteers. We got, I think we got some pictures of some of our folks who go over and help us with teacher appreciation at Landon. Right. And uh, we prayer walk Landon. The school opened up last Sunday to let us walk the halls and pray for the school. Mm-hmm. So lots of ways to volunteer there. If you would like more information about volunteering, again, let me draw your attention back to the communication card. You can sign up through the Landon Mentoring Program to learn more about that. Also, a new thing this, this year we're doing, kind of opening a back door of the church literally to engage families with children, is uh, beginning Upward Basketball. Many of you may have heard about that, but we need lots of volunteers. And uh, if you think, well, you, you know, I can't coach basketball, but uh, you may be able to greet or you may be able to be a part of the prayer ministry. Lots of ways to volunteer, but again, you can mark on this card that you're willing to volunteer and help with Upward Basketball. And by doing that, we think we're making a real difference, not just in our community, uh, but in the next generation. So, Nick, thank you so much Absolutely. for your part. Hey, one of the th- things that we want to show you, we've got a little video from camp, I think, yeah. uh, to show you just a little bit about what happened. Yeah, it's great. Thank Thanks. you, Gary. The best part about camp was probably being able to spend a whole other week with the people that I love the most. I'm Jacob Janetti, and I am Southside. 
about Southside Baptist coming to camp this year was how encouraging and welcoming and loving they were to me. Um, my name is Donna Kay, and I'm the church. My favorite part about Southside Baptist Church being here at the Phillips Wheatland Center is that instantly our children become excited about seeing their faces and about what it is that they do. And so if my children are excited, then I am excited. I am just thankful that I'm thankful for all that God is doing in the ministry at Southside Baptist Church. My name is Sammy Dotson, and I am the church. I think my favorite part of camp this week has been um, investing in the lives of the girls and seeing them grow closer to God and um, just build that relationship um, with each other over the course of this week. I am Corey Weller and I am so safe. I'm brand new. All right. Well, Sam, we, uh, we come to you. You've got one of those jobs that nobody in the church wants. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's leading the property management committee, which might seem like an odd transition to go from student ministry to talking about carpet and paint. But there's a reason we did that, and that's because there's been some, some significant work done. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about what's been going on this summer when it comes just to providing uh, to ministry to our families through our facilities. Well, first of all, I want to thank all of you guys for continuing, continuing to contribute to what we're calling our 75th anniversary fund, or as Gary likes to call it, our church's birthday present from you to the church. Uh, some of the things that you guys have already noticed and recognized is the new carpet that's starting to be replaced throughout many sections of the church. Uh, there's been many areas of the church that have been repainted. We have our next church work day coming up on September 6th. Uh, we need tons of volunteers for that. Um, we've started putting signage on the outside of the church and cleaning up the outside of the church. Not only as San Marco starting to be revitalized, but we're already starting. We started that. Pro- I like to think that we started that process because we started. I think we inspired the whole city. We did. We inspired the whole city <laughs> by rebuild, which we started um, three years ago. And now we're just continuing that. We're calling it the 75th anniversary fund. Uh, but a lot of those projects are going on throughout. We replaced uh, sinks and faucets throughout the, uh, the bathrooms downstairs. I know everyone's enjoying those. The faucets actually work again. So lots of things that are, that are not only pretty stuff, but functional things throughout the church. And some of that focus has been in our, specifically in our next-gen areas. Uh, I think we finished the preschool area uh, and now working on the children's area and eventually getting to the student area. But uh, all of this has been done uh, really without affecting our ministry budget at all. In other words, you, when you give money to the church, your money has gone towards ministry. It hasn't gone towards these projects uh, and it hasn't been taken away from missions to do it. We've actually used the 75th anniversary fund uh, to fund all these projects. And we've given 10%. That's the preschool area. looks great. Uh, we've given 10% of the 75th anniversary fund away to, in mission, to missions. Uh, so uh, your gifts towards the 75th anniversary have been critical and uh, continue to be critical. Um, you're looking at screens that are too dim right now. Have any of you thought maybe your eyes are just getting weak? It's not your eyes, it's the, it's the projectors. And so one of the things we're doing is trying to upgrade some of our equipment all through the 75th anniversary fund, and that's collecting all year long. But now money is not the only way that people have been able to give towards this project because they've been generous in other ways too. Tell us about that. They have. I referenced the next workday on September 6th. Not only are our ties and our donations and our contributions important to revitalizing and, and sprucing up our church, but also our time. We all have time. We all have talents. Uh, 
Um, and you don't even have to be talented to put on coats of paint a lot of times. So we always reach out to you, our volunteers, because you are the church, and, and this is your church home. Uh, so we're able to not only be good financial stewards by only spending the money we're receiving and not going into debt, but we're also good financial stewards by using you guys and you guys to actually get out there and volunteer to do some of this labor because that saves us a ton of money. And, and it's not, while we, while we just need willing hands, there's also, there have also been people with professional experience, you being one of them, who contribute a lot of their time and education. I mean, tell us a little bit about some of, some of that that's gone on as well. Well, we have, as you guys know, uh, I'm in the building industry. Uh, Jim Green back there, he's our, he's our resident in-house builder. We don't pay him anything, but we like to consider him on staff. <laughs> he was single-handedly, I think, responsible for getting all of the preschool area uh, brightened up with new paint, new carpet, things like that. We also have individuals who attend here who are interior designers, who are structural engineers, who are electricians, plumbers. So we have people that are professionals in-house. We have accountants and lawyers that help us on the back end as well. But there's there's always ways that you can contribute, whether you think you have a check that you can write or you have time, you have a professionalism that can also be contributed to our church. Very well said. Thank you so much. Actually, before you get down, I want to ask, and, and I know some of you don't like it when I do this because you think, but let me Jim just, Green. this isn't about you, okay? This isn't about you uh, because I want, I want you to inspire other folks to contribute as well. If you've been a part this year by contributing, uh, either coming up and helping in a work day, uh, helping through the week, replace ceiling tiles. If you've been involved in any capacity just through our facilities, would you just stand up for just a moment? I need all of you to stand up. Stand up, come on, because I need you to help inspire some other people. Look, if I'm standing up helping with facilities, anybody can do it, I promise, all right? So thank you guys so much for your work and all your contribution to the church. Thank you, sir. Well, Julie, this is Julie Branham, and uh, Julie, we uh, talked a little bit about facilities, but one of the things we've been learning as we've talked about the fact that you are the church, that also means that uh, your house um, is part of the church as well. And one of the things that Joe Molina did early this year is challenged all of us to pray about being involved in home-based Bible studies, where we open our home up to our neighbors and we view our neighborhood as our mission field. And you accepted that challenge, but there was a little backstory to that. So tell us a little bit about how you came to be involved in opening up uh, your home and reaching out to your neighbors and through your community uh, in, in, to open it up for Bible study. Uh, thank you, Gary. Um, well, the Holy Spirit really was tugging at my heart about doing something at Solano Grove because there was a lady who was a member of Southside Baptist Church, and I'm hoping to find out through today uh, what her name was, but she used to have a Bible study in her home, and a couple of the old-timers there told me about it, and I I was thinking about it, and then when Joe uh, came up with that and challenged us to do it, I just knew that was what I was supposed to do, so I appreciate that, Joe, and it has just been such a blessing. Uh, we started off with three members, myself and two others, and in a couple of weeks we had five, and then we had seven, and then we are now up to 13. One of them drives from six miles away. She doesn't even live there. That's great, yeah. and, and you were one. I think there are 10 total people who took the challenge up and have started 
There may have been more, but there are 10 home Bible studies or neighborhoods. Some of them are even in office places where Mm -hmm. people are doing Bible studies and leading small groups outside of the church. And your group, I think it went from that three to now, you guys are running what? You said you said a lot more than three. Yeah, between 10 and 13, 10 and 13. members, and we're expecting uh, three more this, uh, this coming um, session. Uh, we meet on the first and third Thursdays, so if anybody here lives in Solano Grove or the surrounding area, uh, we'd love to have you come join us. We're studying John right now. That is great. And uh, we've been at it for eight weeks, but we're only in the... Uh, 13th chapter so we do a lot of talking and whatnot but we only meet the first and third and then uh if there's a fifth um uh thursday in the month we end up we go to a movie like we went to see god is uh not dead uh we'll go out to lunch together i'm encouraging them to um work with their neighbors you know if they're ill and uh, we help each other so um, as, you, as you've been engaged in this ministry now for, uh, for a few months, mm-hmm. um, what are some things God's taught you through being involved in this kind of ministry? Well, God has taught me, number one, that I need to study the Bible more, <laughs> and, and I am now. I, I study several hours a week and, and then study a lot the day before, too, uh, because uh, there's one lady in there. I only have... One who was uh, an actual church member and went all the time, and it's so the other because, folks were all unchurched, right? And she uh, she asked me uh, questions that from the ahead of time, you know, like if we're doing the third chapter, she'll ask me something in the fourth, and I caught into that pretty quick. But uh, so uh, so I study ahead now, <laughs> but I'm I'm learning an awful lot too. And I'm learning also to say, I really don't know, That's but good. I will find out, and, uh, and then we come back together. That's great. Well, Julie, thank you, and others who've opened up your homes and your neighborhoods. If you want more information about being involved in the home grow groups, uh, you can look on this card again and put down, hey, I want to be contacted, either about leading one or about participating in one, maybe that's in your neighborhood, just mark that card on there as well, and we'd love to get you involved. But we've had about 10 this summer going on. I know Sherry and I have been a part of one. It's been a real blessing to us, and and we've enjoyed it as well, so I hope you'll be a part of that. Uh, We want to watch this video because our ministry outside of these doors goes beyond just in-home Bible studies and is really beginning to affect uh, communities and even the city in a much larger way. So watch this video. Mayor Alvin Brown joins city council members, business and community leaders, and residents to sign a bill that will bring clean drinking water to 120 homes in the Larson neighborhood. This is another example of how we can make great things happen when we work together. And for this neighborhood, it is truly a great thing. Historically, residents in the Larson neighborhood have relied on private wells for their water. Over time, however, many wells have dried up or have become contaminated affecting quality of life and public health. The mayor, city councilwoman Lori Borrier, who represents the Larson neighborhood, and city staff worked closely with members of the community to find a solution. This isn't really about any of us at the city. It's about the residents of Larson and Pat Bridgman. Pat, who has spent 15 years trying to make this happen. Um, it's about Southside Baptist Church and their participation, and it's about Builders Care, because that's why this all came together. If the truth be told, 
city water lines should have been installed here decades ago. But it didn't happen. Now, at long last, it will. It's happening because people stepped up and came together. The infrastructure will be installed through a partnership between the city of Jacksonville and Builders Care, the nonprofit arm of the Northeast Florida Builders Association. We, we do lots of projects and we're able to, to help a lot of people, but this is going to impact so many people in, uh, in hopefully a short amount of time. So uh, I just want to thank you guys for letting me be here and, and, uh, and humbling me in front of you. Thank you. My name is Bobby Platt. I was born and raised in this neighborhood, and I really appreciate what y'all all <coughs> have done. All your efforts and all your goodwill has showed toward this neighborhood. We appreciate it, and we love y'all for it. Thank you. There's still more work to be done in our city. We know there are other neighborhoods in the city where homes lack access to safe, clean water. Some were promised city water lines nearly 50 years ago, right at the time of consolidation, promises that weren't kept. As mayor, I will continue to work with council to fulfill the promises made to those neighborhoods. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's been a huge victory this summer. And Pat, uh, I know our involvement, though, with the Larson community uh, really didn't, didn't begin just this summer with this water initiative. Uh, that was years in the making. And as we've talked about the fact that you are the church, uh, what a beautiful illustration this is, because one of the very first meetings I had when I came to Southside uh, as the pastor was with you uh, about the Larson community, asking how could Southside engage uh, in that community to help make a difference. And uh, little did we know what all would happen after that, uh, but the Larson Outreach Center that you saw in the video where the bill signing took place um, is actually part of your church. That building, that, that church facility over there, uh, may, be, uh, may be a part of the building you've never seen or never been in, uh, but we, um, we have been operating that facility for a couple years now. Pat, tell us a little bit about the ministry through the Larson Outreach Center and in the Larson community uh, and what, what God is doing there because of, because of this work. Well, our ministry started many, many years ago, actually. We just didn't know it. <laughs> um, it started in 1939 when our church started a mission there in that community, and that is where the facility still sits to this very day. So as you can understand, that's why we need to constantly do some renovations. The building is very old. But our ministry there has... Um, uh, actually evolved into many different entities. We have 4x4 food distribution, which we put on as a church. Every one of you are, are a part of this. If you're contributing each month to our our little food basket that sits out here, our little cart. And so one of the, one of the things, about, pardon me for interrupting, but one of the things about the 4x4 four four mm -hmm. is it's a box of food for a family of four that provides four days' worth of food. Mm -hmm. They pay only $4 for it. Correct. But it depends on the generosity of grow groups and other groups to provide those planned meals, elements of those planned meals. So one of the things you can do as a group, maybe if you've got a small group, a Bible study, uh, men's and women's groups, is take one item and say, our group's going to provide that item for the month. It could be oatmeal. It could be a box of cereal. And I think it's about 30 items a month to help provide all the boxes we need uh, that we distribute there on the third Sunday night. We have a worship service for the community, and we make those boxes available every third Sunday. Right. 
Right. And, and we've got different people coming each time, so we never see the same faces. Sometimes we have regular faces, sometimes we have new faces. So it's, it's always, um, I, I look forward to that part of the month to see, you know, mm-hmm. who in the residents are going to be coming and joining us. The word is spread through the community now. They know there is a church that has decided to actually participate in trying to help this community. And I'm getting really good things coming back from the residents. Um, As we've said, I've been working with that community for 15 years. So I hear a lot of things. And when you start hearing good, positive things, that that tells me that our church is sending us and we're doing the right thing because the Lord has guided us into what to do. One of the things that, uh, you know, we talked about the clean drinking water. Uh, it's difficult to, uh, to help people recognize that their soul's dehydrated if they don't have access to clean drinking water. Um, so as we have been able to work with the city and the residents, and Pat, as you've led that effort, uh, as this clean drinking water becomes a reality, we continue to focus on the spiritual thirst in the neighborhood Correct. as well. Yes. And I, th- I think there's a, a Bible study that's going on over there yes. uh, that people can, even members from Southside can drop by on the Larson Outreach mm-hmm. Center. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, we have um, some of our residents that um, actually had someone come up to him and ask him and say, well, we'd like to have a Bible study. And so they thought, wonderful, we'd love to do this. And they started out in someone's home, but now it has moved into the, the LOC, which is the Larson Outreach Center, and they're there every Thursday night at 7 o'clock, most every Thursday night. And Benoit uh, is leading that. He's a member of our church, Benoit, the, the Sanan family. And um, it's just hopefully more and more of the residents will participate, but we'd love to see more Southsiders come too. Um, we think that... If, if we get more and more of our Southsiders involved, there is just really no limit as to how far the word of the Lord can spread through that community. So, And so it's interesting to see back, you know, 75 years ago, um, that church began because some ladies started Sunday school, Bible studies in their yes. homes. And I think you said, uh, I think you said that your husband, Charlie, was uh, part of that. went to, to the, yes, he, the, one of the Sunday school teachers is one of the original um, uh, charter members of that church, and, or was at that particular church when it started. And she's still alive, bless her heart, and she comes when she can. And Pastor Gary has been uh, gracious to her when she does come and he gets to see her, but Yet, yet most of them have passed on now, but we have one left, and so we cherish her. So that Bible study started the church. There's a Bible study now relaunching the church, just mm-hmm. like what Julie's doing in her neighborhood. Correct. Uh, God's Word's powerful. It does not return void. And so when we get outside of the walls and begin to impact neighborhoods, it's amazing what God can do through that. It truly is. And um, we as a church, I mean, I'm seeing it and, and a lot of others that come out to the church. We're having more and more Southsiders come on our four-by-four four, four four Sundays to participate and help out. And I think they're starting to see, you know, that it is, it's addictive. If you come one time, you're going to want to come again. It really gets to your heart and it makes you realize this is what it's all about. It's going out and it's, it's doing in other communities and it's showing your love for God and letting it spill over into somebody else's life. Thank you so much, Pat, for all your work. We appreciate you.
Um, I'm going to ask our uh, ushers if they'll get prepared to take the offering this morning. We're going to receive an offering in just a minute. And I think we've got one of our deacons that'll be praying. But before they collect that offering, let me draw your attention back again to the communication card that we're going to ask you to put in there. One of the things on there, the Larson 4x4 contribution, if you'd like to be contacted about how you can be involved in the Larson community uh, and volunteering, again, mark that card and uh, place it in the plate here in just a minute. We'd love to give you information. As you can see, God is doing a tremendous amount of work uh, through Southside, in Southside. The neat thing to me is not only is he transforming lives and changing even the community, uh, but what I love to see is as he's doing it, he's changing us. He's transforming us as well. And I think it's beautiful to watch and beautiful to see. And uh, your gifts of your time, your talent, your treasure, your testimony, all are a part of that. Uh, Some of you who have served and prayed for others, those of you who go in our prayer chapel, everybody's a part of everything you've heard about today by your investment in this church. And as we give our offerings and our tithes back to the Lord, uh, we know and recognize uh, that these are not, this money's not ours, it's his. And uh, it's great for me to know, I I look forward to giving the money because I I see all these things that we talked about today and realize I get to be invested in that. I may not be able to go be a part of it, but I'm invested in it. And I am, I'm so looking forward to seeing how God continues to use it. There was a new ministry that began this summer uh, at Southside called Come As You Are. Tell us a little bit about Come As You Are ministry. Yes, good morning. Um, Come As You Are, which we um, refer to as Kaya, C-A-Y-A, um, is a recovery ministry um, we meet at 6 o'clock on Mondays, and um, we discuss really any, any behavior or addictions that might um, keep us um, from having a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, there are lots of recovery programs, uh, and Kaya, you and the others on the leadership team really designed this to fit almost what was missing in terms of recovery ministries in the city uh, in that it does use the 12 steps, but it, it adds something back in that maybe has been taken out of a lot of recovery. Tell us a little bit about, about what makes Kaya unique. Uh, what's unique about our ministry, one thing that most of us um, who attend the meetings and who have some uh, recovery time um, have experienced that we suffer from multiple um, behaviors or addictions. So many of us, um, for me, I'm a recovering alcoholic, um, and I share with people that my first addiction uh, was probably um, overachievement and success. So um, really, um, the behaviors that I've exhibited my whole life um, just kind of turned into, I would replace one um, behavior with another And so, um, you know, achievement was my first. Then um, came some trouble with um, alcohol. Um, And, you know, sometimes we struggle with food. So a lot of us um, who have grown up in alcoholic families or in families with addiction, um, we just, we don't realize that we're impacted even um, before we take a drink or before we try that drug. And so not only do we speak about multiple, um, you know, addictions or things that would keep us from our relationship with Christ, but um, we use the Bible. And uh, with the 12 steps, we, um, we really bring it back to the Bible and to strict scripture verses. So with every step, we have a um, scriptural reading that coincides with the step. Yeah, because we really believe that victory over any bondage is found through Jesus Christ. And so at Kaya, that's a critical part 
of what's been going on. And you guys uh, really are wrapping up the summer. You've got a meeting even this coming Monday night at 6, 6 p.m. And we would encourage anybody, uh, if you know of someone, you, yourself, a family member, um, is any, anyone is welcome to come. I came this past Monday. I was invited to come and was there for the very first time and was just blown away at how God uses the brokenness in one person and the story of, of freedom and liberation through Christ to minister to other people who come. I mean, I, w- I watched it. I watched one person tell their story, and over here I could see the Holy Spirit is working right now. He's taking that story, and he's touching that life over there, and it was just beautiful to get to watch and see, and, um, and I want to thank you so much because you were willing to share uh, really, your brokenness has now, God's taken that brokenness and is using it to minister. You just celebrated, uh, had a big anniversary celebrating uh, sobriety for uh, recently, I think it was two years, is that right? Yes, um, August 8th, I celebrated two years um, without alcohol. Awesome. So we are, and thank you for your ministry and others, others let, yeah, that's <laughs> definitely worth it. And What's really cool is to get to be a part of this and to see, not, not only um, is Heather up here this morning telling you this, uh, but Heather is going to be baptized this afternoon at the beach baptism. And so, yes, along with your daughter Mallory, right? Yes, I have a 10-year-old daughter. And um, I, although I was, baptism, or I was baptized as a girl, um, I just really wanted to reaffirm my faith, and I've kind of been just waiting. I've, I've attended different churches for years, and um, it, just in the back of my, my mind and in my heart, I, I wanted to reaffirm my faith, and, and I kind of was waiting for my daughter to have that same spiritual experience. And so this was just the perfect year, perfect time my daughter has accepted. And we're praying for perfect weather. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, want, if, I want you all to just watch, uh, watch with me this video, uh, just about a little tiny piece of Heather's story. So watch the video with me. I became a Christian um, pretty young. I think I was in seventh grade, so I guess that makes me about 12 or 13. Um, I went to a camp in Alabama called Church on the Rock, and so I learned a lot about what it means to become a Christian at that age um, and accepted the Lord in my heart at that camp. Um, It's been quite the relationship. Um, There have been times where I've kind of turned my back um, on Jesus, but um, for the past couple of years, my faith is stronger than it's ever been. About two years ago, um, I really realized um, that no matter how hard I worked, no matter what I um, what I did, I couldn't make myself happy, and that I was powerless. And um, I really needed to to ask Jesus to take over my life, and, and that's when I truly surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. I wanted there to be, um, you know, something real and something that I could witness to other people and my daughter um, specifically too and so I was really excited to join this church and to find a church home and now have this opportunity to be baptized um, in front of all my family and friends. My name is Heather Johnson and I am Southside Baptist Church.
Well, there is a lot, obviously. Uh, and we tried to get it in within an hour. We didn't quite make it. But there was more. I mean, we, we could tell you lots of stories. This summer we had Tish Renninger and uh, we had Sarah Welch, where you're Sarah back there. And Tish went and were your representatives on the mission field uh, this summer working uh, with a project in, uh, in the North Africa Middle East region. Uh, we had Kyle Matthews and Casey Gowen who went and worked with students in North Carolina all summer as summer missionaries. God is doing some amazing, amazing things through this church. When we talk about gathering for worship, when we talk about growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ through the study of his word, and when we talk about going in the power of the Holy Spirit to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world, this is what we're talking about. This is what you've seen today in just a a tiny little sliver of it. And uh, I know that today as we end, this service has been a little different. And if you're a guest, um, I'm glad you got to see this. And I hope it informs you as to what kind of church Southside is. Uh, That we do believe that the Word of God is powerful. But not just powerful to transform our minds, but to direct us to be agents of change to transform the world. And we're excited about what God is doing. And as we leave today, uh, the invitation for you is not to walk forward but to walk out, to walk across the thresholds of this church, into this community, into your neighborhoods, into your workplaces, into your schools, to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, to be a shining city that is built on a hill, that when people are lost and wandering in darkness, they can turn and look to the light and find their way home. And they can come just as they are, knowing that God won't leave them that way, that you'll be the salt of the earth, that you'll bring healing and hope, and that you'll be uh, agents of preservation and restoration everywhere you go. So my prayer for you as a church, as we leave today, just for a little bit, we're just taking an intermission until we gather back at the beach later. Uh, But I hope you'll take some time and pray about what the Holy Spirit may be doing in your life. We didn't even mention our ministry to refugees. ESL is starting back up in a couple weeks, and we need volunteers for English as a Second Language on Monday nights. So many ways that God is using you. And it really is you. These are not initiatives I started. These are initiatives that you, the church, began and that we're engaged with God in partnering with you uh, to be the representatives of Christ in the world. So my prayer for you as you leave today is that you will go from this place, that you will be the shining city on a hill, that you will be the salt of the earth, that you will gather together to celebrate God's goodness, that you'll grow in the grace and knowledge through the study of his word but that you will go now in the power of his Holy Spirit to be the hands and feet of Christ. Grace and peace be with you.